XL, Charlotte Sports Live. One, one week from tonight. If the Panthers opened up the 2023 season with a win, or if it's time to go back to the drawing board, welcome to game week number one. All right, and the NASCAR playoffs begin with a bang. Who will get the early leg up in the chase for the championship? We've got team coverage and reaction tonight from Darlington. Welcome to the big show. She is Grace Grill. I am Mike Lissette, and this is Charlotte Sports Live. We are with you for the next hour. Yeah, tonight we'll visit Darlington, where Carla and Gabe are standing by with reaction from the first race of the 2023 Cup Series playoffs. That race Still in the final stages, plus the Biff Pogey era at Charlotte begins with a win. Hunter Bailey from the Charlotte Observer joins us to break game number one down for the green and gold. But first, it's uh, game week. Oh, yeah. All right, a week from today, the Panthers head to the ATL to face the Dirty Birds. It's the first of two divisional games to open the 2023 season. So a lot is riding on Carolina figuring things out fast. First impressions matter. The Carolina has a lot of new faces looking to get off on the right foot. The most important of them, head coach Frank Reich and number one overall pick Bryce Young. Both of them giving us an early look ahead of their week one opponent. You know, we've had our preliminary, you know, scout meetings, um, you know, just an introduction to the Falcons and obviously have studied their film some, uh, you know, from preseason, which really the starters didn't play much. So, um, Listen, we're, this is a division opponent. We know what that means. We're going to get each other's best. They're going to get our best. We're going to get their best. We have a lot of respect for their roster. They made a lot of moves um, in the off season. Oh, it's you know now it's again it's it's real. Everything counts. The regular season, um, and this is all new for for me being a rookie. So I'm definitely excited. Um, but again, you know you kind of have to funnel that excitement into something productive. And you know for me, I try to push that into the energy and you know the experience of the day to day of going out and practicing and um, you know giving my giving my all in, in the meeting room, in the practice room, the film room, all that, and kind of harnessing that energy and, and turning it into a productive. many times before. during the offseason. Let's just focus on the first six games, shall we? So they six before Carolina has their first bye week. Mike, what are the realistic expectations for those first six weeks? Well, three of those six uh, opponents were playoff bound, so that's that's where it gets tough. And then, of course, you couple the fact that your first two against divisional opponents. So, you know, there's that adage, as Frank Reich said, that, you know, hey, anything can happen in these games. I think Carolina's got to come out and get those first two wins. I think that's going to be really important. This is a really young team. I think if they can go three and three during that stretch, maybe four and two, that's super. Pro Football Focus says they've got the fifth easiest schedule in the league. However, the easy part really doesn't kick in until after week seven. So it's really important they get off to a good start. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that one, it sets the tone. And I think the expectation is to win right off the bat. That's why they went up and they traded and got Bryce Young. Yes, there's always going to be growing pangs. He is a rookie quarterback, but that's why you bring in a guy like Andy Dalton to have a little bit of security there. And plus, they even told us in the offseason that, you know, they've had the past couple of years to build the O-line, the defense, and everything, that this is their year where they want to start winning, and they only were missing a couple pieces. So I think that is a realistic expectation is to Win. Easiest game pro football says pro football folks says week eight versus the Texans hardest week six against the Dolphins. So that's where that's where again those probably the, the apex of where it's gonna get hard. As I said before, if they go 
three and three, four and two. That's good. Well, earlier this week, we heard from the architect of the black and blue, general manager Scott Fitterer. He had a very busy offseason, as Grace just alluded to, trading up to the number one pick, to drafting Bryce Young, and then being extremely active in free agency to add pieces on both sides of the ball. And then, of course, can't forget about this, they have a new coach, too. And in the last week, as if that weren't enough, they got that roster down from 90 to 53. Fitterer, right now, feeling good about how things look especially with the guys around QB1. I think we surrounded him with the right receivers. You saw Thielen out there. You haven't seen him with the full offense yet. You haven't seen him with Miles in the backfield. You haven't seen him with all the receivers out there. And, uh, you know, uh, kind of held back a few things, too, in preseason. But what we've seen so far, uh, we're pleased with. Every quarterback, whether it's Bryce or Peyton Manning, there's always ups and downs. Um, but the thing about, you know, Bryce is he's just right here. And this is not gonna, he won't be phased by it. He'll keep learning, keep getting better. And he's surrounded by a great staff, so we have high hopes for him. All righty, here's a look at how rookie quarterbacks starting week one did since 2003. Results have been average at best. Even the greatest quarterbacks of all time have struggled their rookie year. And remember, Panthers did give up next year's first round pick to move up to get young. So if he struggles and the team loses, how long? Does the team go with Young before they say, hey, kid, step aside, we've got a veteran in the wings? So this is interesting because I, I understand you bring in a veteran like Andy Dalton because you want some you want some reassurance or insurance, I should say, just in just in case things don't pan out. But like that that shouldn't be your expectation, right? Like, yes, there's a lot on him, but if he if you're expected to win now, I expect him to be able to go in and and perform. It's interesting philosophy because on the one hand, you don't want to kill the kid's confidence if he's struggling out there and you say, hey, play through it, figure it out. I mean, there's there's two ways that can go. The first way is he rises to the occasion, fix the problems, and it's a great learning story in the legend of Bryce Young. The other thing that could happen is we've seen at times in, in other quarterbacks' career, their confidence is destroyed and they're never the same player again. All odds say in this situation, Bryce Young has a strong psyche. He can handle those situations. Yeah, and I think that's why they wanted him, right? And, and my point being was that if they, if they, if that was the route they were going to go, yeah. where they were going to have time to develop a quarterback, I think that's where they were going with Matt Corral. And then why not keep Sam Darnold there? If that's if you thought they thought that the quarterback was the missing piece, because they had everything else. So there's going to be a learning curve. I understand that, but. I think this if you're Andy Dalton, you're, you're facing the realization that you're not going to play unless Bryce Young gets hurt. I think that's. But I think he sort of came in kind of knowing that. Well, I mean, he came to he he didn't he came before they they drafted Bryce Young, so he thought I think there was a side of him that he's going to play. But I think now he's accepted that reality. I would like to imagine that yeah. they had those conversations with Andy Dalton of Hey, this is kind you of hope. our game plan. <laughs> you don't. You hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's never too early to promote the best Panthers pregame show in the Carolinas. Our black and blue kickoff live team will be in Atlanta next Sunday, getting you ready for the Panthers and the Falcons. Our pregame coverage begins at 10 a.m. on September 10th, right here on Queen City News. WWE returns to Charlotte tomorrow, and chances are you're going to see a lot of this at the Spectrum Center. Coming up on CSL, we're talking to Raw superstar Raquel Rodriguez and what it takes to make it in the wrestling business. All right, plus, Biff Pogey gets a win in his first game as Charlotte's head football coach. We recap the dub with the Observer's Hunter Bailey and look ahead to the 49ers' next opponent. 
And week three of high school football season brought some great plays our way. We're going to pick the best of the best ahead on CSL. Well, after coming up short last night, something tells us Raquel Rodriguez will be out for revenge when WWE Raw returns to the Spectrum Center tomorrow. Rodriguez recently caught up with CSL and talked about the art of making an entrance. The first thing I want to talk about is, is your entrance. You, you, you turn around, you got the back muscles going. I, 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 I got to know, how, how, how can I get there? How can I get that same physique so that when I walk into the CSL studios, I can command that same presence as you. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of pull-ups. It's a lot of uh, I don't like bands. <laughs> Give me I don't option. like them either. <laughs> Who was the person that came to you and said, that has got to be your entrance? You know, it, it wasn't even that that was that would have to be your entrance, but it was actually Coach Bloom um, down at the PC because he would always tell me that I had such a, a wide back. And I was like, man, you know, I do. And I think maybe that that's what I need to just start with, <laughs> reminding people exactly what's coming at them. I'm sure there's a lot of like trial and error in terms of building your character and the way it evolves. Uh, when do you know when something like that, that's clicking, and when like you try something else and it's like, you know what, that's a one and done. I think you know when you just feel it. You know, when you go out there and you're like, wow, that felt really good. I could feel that the people had a really good reaction to it. Or a lot of people will come and tell you that they really like it, you know. Um, I know that for me, it's been something that's been motivational. You know, growing up as a bigger girl, it was always difficult for me to have that confidence and to exude that kind of um, presence when I was walking into a room because, you know, I didn't fit into clothes that were my age. Um, it was really hard for me to tell myself that I was much bigger than everyone else and feel comfortable being that way. So having this as my entrance has kind of been like a confidence booster for me in a way. It's been my motivation. And I think it's kind of affected a lot of women in the same way, you know, like embracing your body for what it is. Absolutely. Now, I always ask this question whenever we get a, a different wrestling guest on because I feel as everyone has a different story. What was your big break into wrestling? I know you had a basketball background. I know your dad was a wrestler. How did that, you know, help you get into the game, so to speak? So it, it was really just my dad and me having that go-getter mentality. I did everything I could to get myself in front of WWE's eyes. You know, I sent in a submission tape for Tough Enough. I didn't get that. But then I heard WWE was having a tryout at the Arnold Classic. So I was like, maybe if I just show up, they'll put me in the tryout. It didn't work that way. <laughs> but I did. I bought a plane ticket. Um, me and my dad bought a plane ticket. We went up there, and I met a recruiter. And the rest kind of just rolled with that. I got a tryout. I went into my tryout at 120%. I was prepared for whatever it is they were going to throw at me. And I was super energetic. And I just really showed them that, like, I really, really wanted this. I really, really wanted this. And I think that's what really set me apart. I appreciate your time. And I'm looking forward to seeing all you guys when you come to the Spectrum Center on September 4th. Here's a guy that can certainly make a career in the WWE. Charlotte football head coach Biff Poggi is a character. He's also 1-0 after picking up a win in his first game in charge of the 49ers. Charlotte didn't play a complete game against SC State, but after getting off to a slow start, they recovered, and then uh, they won 24-3. Afterwards, Poggi was happy with the way they pulled things together. We, we, we're all human. We saw South Carolina State play against Jackson State, and they got smoked. 
and I think we all thought we were going to beat them by 80, and it didn't go the way we thought it was going to go right in the beginning. But the grittiness and the toughness of the defense and the running game, it, it, it is who we are. All right, we're joined now by Hunter Bailey, who covers the Charlotte 49ers for the Charlotte Observer Game 1 for the Niners under the Biff Pogey era. First initial thoughts. It was a big win, right? 24-3, 15,622 people in attendance at Jerry Richardson Stadium. They did what they had to do. I thought they could have done more, put a little bit more points on the board, get that spread a little bit above three possessions. But the defense was suffocating. Darrell Robinson is a budding star, and they've got a big test coming up here on Saturday. We're going to get into Darrell Robinson in just a little bit, but let's talk about how this game started, right? Because it did not get off to the start that fans were expecting, and I don't even think Coach Pogey was expecting yeah, either. No chance. 0-0 uh, zero, zero at the end of the first quarter, 2-3 and outs under new offensive coordinator Mike Miller, a tip drill interception from new starting quarterback Jalen Jones. There was almost second back for six. Like this was at the very first quarter, you're thinking William & Mary last year. Charlotte fans, you could kind of tell it was like, all right, What's going on? Then they put Darrell Robinson in the game, and you kind of go from there. The defense really never wavered, but as like I say, good start for the 49ers. Yeah, lead rusher Darrell Robinson, he was a difference maker, and it, and it was and it was apparent he did not start. No, he wasn't even on the depth chart. Which I mean, I guess you're a true freshman, but at the same time, you're a four-star freshman. You committed to Charlotte on ESPN. They know this guy's a star. Biff Pogey said it. This guy's going to contribute right away, and you saw that. Literally, his second carry. Like the Garnet Seas parted. South Carolina State, there was no one. It was just green grass ahead of Darrell. He trips over his own feet, said his girdle was too tight, and he couldn't get his feet off the ground. Rookie mistake, freshman mistake, but that kid is going to be very, very good for the 49ers. Yeah, Turf Monster got him there a little bit. But uh, let's talk Jalen Jones, right? 13 of 19 in the air for 125 yards, but he was also the second leading rusher. Yeah. That's not necessarily the game plan, I think, for them. So he's going to use his legs. Like that's, I think that's the best part of his game is his ability to break the pocket. But he's got to be more like decisive. He's got to take the time to look across the field before he just jets out of the pocket. You saw two interceptions, one being on a tip drill. One was just a rough underthrow that would have extended that lead to, I guess, 28 points at the time. You need more from him, and Poji said it best. He needs to play within the offense and not make those two throws, or he's going to be sitting on the bench next to Biff. And that's... That's a solid recap for game one, but you need more moving forward. Good for Charlotte to get this win over SC State, but it is going to be a much bigger, and I mean bigger, literally opponent when they go to Maryland. And a lot of ties. you got a lot of Maryland kids on this roster. Biff Pogey has ties to Maryland. Mike Miller's coming from Maryland. What are you expecting from this game? Biff Pogey said it best uh, last night right after the game. He said, we know, everyone in this building knows, if we play how we played tonight, we're going to get blown out by Maryland. And the betting line is out. The Terps are 25-point favorites. Charlotte's going to have to bring their A game. They're going to have to make those plays on third down, get off the field. But one thing I will say is, and here's the magic number, it's three sacks. Maryland is 5-0 last season when they give up three sacks or less. If Charlotte's front four, which is the strength of this team, can get to Tagovailoa, or however you say his last name, apologize to his brother, to Luia. <laughs> Talia Tagovailoa. We'll go with that. <laughs> Charlotte has a chance. They have to get after him. They have to force him out of the pocket. And that's really, I think that's the basis of Charlotte pulling off a crazy upset on the road. Also fans, Biff Pogey said he was excited about the fan base that showed up. They definitely showed up last night. And hopefully with all the Maryland ties, they show up in College Park as well. But Hunter Bailey for us covering the 49ers. You're going to stick around for quick six, right? Yes, ma'am. All right, sounds good. All right, meanwhile, the NASCAR Series playoffs started tonight. It's a 10-week race to the championship 
in Phoenix, and it started with a crown jewel event at Darlington Raceway. The Southern 500 is one every driver wants to win. Packed house in Darlington. I'm sure there were some fans of Danny Hamlin in the crowd. And I like the way this one started. First day, she took the lead from Tyler Reddick with about 24 laps to go, and he finished strong to take the first third of the race. About midway through the second stage, Hamill was still leading when that happened. They noticed the lighting in turns three and four were not good, so a caution flag went out. Eventually, they'd get it fixed, and Hamlin would take the second stage as well. Third stage now. He's had some bad luck. Went hit row twice in four laps after experiencing a loose tire. Reddick regained the lead. Zip ahead now. 50 laps to go. Interesting moment right here. Daniel Suarez looking to make the pass on the outside. Alex Bowman said no. They end up colliding, going right into the wall. So we get our seventh caution flag. At that point, Kyle Larson was leading. And you know what? He wouldn't give it up. Good start for him in the postseason. Is he takes the checkered flag and is now locked in the round of 12. From start to finish, you know, 18th to third in the first stage. I, I didn't think that was uh, possible, but um, our race car was really good when the sun was out. Um, just had to work on it. I messed up uh, once and it got hung in neutral and I slid and hit the wall and I think bent the toe link a little bit. So it was kind of a struggle from there. Definitely had to fight it more than uh, I was earlier, but we kept our heads in the game. Win for him. Meanwhile, the Braves, they've been winning a lot lately. Six straight, 10 of their last 11. You can thank that man for that. Ronald Acuna, could he and the Braves finish things off against the Dodgers this evening? And we're also, and I love this, not done talking about wrestling. Straight ahead, it's a WWE themed high school plays of the week. Who laid the SmackDown Friday? Well, that, of course, is up to you. we don't do enough of here on CSL. <laughs> Middle school football yeah. highlights. This play sent to us and we just had to share it with you guys. Weddington quarterback completes the deep ball, but in comes Cuffertson's Drew Cohen. Not only does he stop a surefire touchdown, but he strips the ball in the process and takes it the other way for a massive gain. I mean, like, this is Sports Center top 10 written all over it. And I mean, if Cohen keeps making plays like that, he may find himself in the running for our CSL Blitz Play of the Week. Now, there's a goal right there. Competition, I will advise, will be fierce, just as it is for our nominees this week. Oh, are you kidding me? No, we're not kidding you. Ah! In honor of the WWE coming to Charlotte Monday, we've got a special SmackDown edition of our Plays of the Week. So just as L.A. Knight would say, let me talk to you. And allow us to introduce this week's nominees. Much like Kane back in the day, senior tight end Will Brown brought the fire for independence. Check out this tough jumping catch for a 14-yard touchdown. Where Charlotte, though, would kick out a two and hang on for a one-point win. Yeah, that was nice. But then again, so was this. Against all odds, the main eventer, Chancellor Bryant, able to pull this one down for Ardrey Kell. Despite the touchdown, though, from the senior wide receiver, Marvin Ridge still won by three. Finally, I got two words for you. Cox Mills, Marcus Sales. Okay, that's actually four words, but you'll forgive me after watching this. Somehow, the sophomore wide receiver split the defenders and then took it all the way for a show-stopping touchdown. This would help the Chargers pin Charlotte Country Day 45-27.
Those are the nominees, but this triple threat isn't official until you say it is. To decide this week's top play, head to our X page, at CSL on QCN, to cast your vote. The polls close Thursday morning. And that's the bottom line. Because Charlotte Sports Live said so. Way too much fun putting that together. Uh, while those plays made the cut, several Panther players did not earlier this week. We have a recap of what turned out to be a very, very busy final week of the offseason. Next. Right, here it is, your 16 drivers competing for a championship in the Cup Series. The Charlotte kid, William Byron, atop the pack. And then there's Bubba Wallace down at 16. And this is his first time in the NASCAR playoffs. And tonight, all of these guys with a chance to get an early leg up on each other. All righty. Kyle Larson, as we said before, won tonight's race. Now let's head back to Darlington Raceway, where Carlin Gabe joined us with a reaction from what went down. Hey guys, yeah, what a finish for Kyle Larson, right? We were talking about this at the end, that he has never yep. won the Southern 500 here at Darlington, and this is a crown jewel event for the number five and for Kyle Larson. And he's finished up, I think, three different times as runner-up, yeah. and so for him to finally get this one notched for him is a huge credit to his career. No, absolutely. And it's, I mean, every driver, they have a love-hate relationship with this place, but when it comes to those crown jewel races, they always want to show up and show out. And, I mean, he just showed his dominance towards the end, of course, at the beginning. Denny Hamlin had a big lead, but that penalty, uh, that loose wheel definitely knocked him out, and it was really tough on Kevin Harvick. Had the lead for so long. It's his last run, last time in the playoffs. Last year at Darlington, he actually won the 500 back in 2020, then had that penalty for going on pit road too close. But got to give a lot of credit to Kyle Larson just coming out here and being able to fight to the finish and get a big win because you always want to set the tone early in the playoffs, and anytime you can get a win here, it's always big for any driver. That's right. Kyle Larson automatically, remember, advances to the next round with this win here, so that's huge for the number five team. You mentioned Denny Hamlin, though, yeah. and his dominance. I mean, he led so many laps here. Yeah. You really thought this one was his to, to, to lose, and right. it certainly was. But his driver for 2311, Tyler Reddick, also a really great showing tonight, and obviously he finished well in the yep. top five. Um, both of their drivers as well, him and Bubba Wallace, both ran yeah. well in the top ten. And it's big for both of those guys because such a young team, you know, there's been a lot of growing pains, but both of them have had really solid seasons. Bubba getting in, getting into the top ten tonight, his first time in the playoffs. So he's definitely trying to, you know, make a good showing to hopefully advance to the round of 12. So we'll just see if he can do that. Obviously going to Kansas next week, but a good showing by the 2311 team yeah, tonight. absolutely. And you've been to many Southern 500s yeah. before and Darlington Raceway. They talk about how this is the place where you can't make mistakes, and that was ultimately really what what, what took uh, Denny Hamlin yeah. out of this race and certainly Kevin Harvick. You mentioned that, though, and it was just such a, a very cool moment there for yes. a minute. He was running down, down Tyler Reddick here, and you thought, man, if the four could just take the lead, hold on there at the very end to get a win, his first win this season, it would be uh, an incredible moment yeah, and an incredible sure. way to end his career because, again, he only has nine more races left to go. You mentioned Kansas, though, and we saw Denny Hamlin win that race yeah. earlier this year. you got to think he's probably a favorite. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Season. I mean, coming out to and winning the first two stages, getting some big playoff points. Obviously, he wants to go back to that race and really be able to finish strong. So I think he's going to have it on his mind for sure. I definitely look at him as an early favorite for next week going to Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, we've got much more from Darlington Raceway tonight. you got to call, catch up with Ross Chastain. Yeah, the Melon right Man. The, Greg, the Melon Man, no tricks up his sleeve here at Darlington Raceway. But we'll have that interview for you a little bit later tonight, guys. All righty, thank you very much. Switching back to football now, the Panthers waived three players last Wednesday. Two of them already back on the practice squad, talking about wide receiver Derek Wright and 
linebacker Chandler Wooten. But the third guy and last year's third round pick did not clear the waiver wire. Matt Corral now an England Patriot. And here's the kicker. Carolina traded up with England in 2022 to get the old Miss star. Probably a little better situation. Now, Corral is already slotted as a backup behind starter Mac Jones. Panthers practice squad is just about set. Entering week one, there's 15 players on it and one more expected to be added. That is going to be a quarterback because right now the only ones in the roster are Bryce Young and Andy Dalton. Grace, how do you think about this roster right now? Well, I wish I was more qualified to to say for certain whether they got it right or wrong. But I think, you know, there was, there was so much talk about whether they keep Matt Corral or not. I think now that I've had time to sit on this, I think that maybe – you're right, you said it. It's maybe a better situation for him in New England. I think maybe they said, okay, look, we're going. Bryce Young is obviously our guy. We traded up for him. But we do see potential in Matt Corral. It's just not going to be utilized here. And maybe we want to give him that better opportunity. So then maybe if they do bring in a quarterback in place of him to have three on the roster, maybe it's somebody that understands that they do have a little bit of ways to go and can at least learn and, and help out in the practice. I think the question that, that we transition is, okay, so here's the roster. Is it good enough to make the playoffs? Well, like I said, I wish I was a little bit more yeah. qualified <laughs> to to have a better grasp on that. But look, you gotta you gotta trust the guys in charge. But you know me, judge. I've only seen these guys in the preseason, right? And a little yeah. bit at practice. We haven't and seen it's much so hard of who's to tell. Play, yeah. You haven't really seen anybody as well. So I mean, ask me that in a couple weeks, and, and I'll oh, and I'll cheating. tell you. Yeah, no, I, it's not cheating. Yeah. It's honest. Now, what's interesting is I think uh, you you read reading articles and and what other people are saying. I think DraftKings right now, if you're putting money on it. They have 32% chance for the Panthers to make the playoffs. ESPN slightly higher at 34%. I think people are sort of in your boat right now where, okay, there's potential, and, they, and they've done a lot of things right, but there's also a lot of variables that could take this the other way. Rookie quarterback, first-year head coach, a lot of new guys on the roster, a lot of new guys on the roster that have a tendency to get hurt. Mm -hmm. All that stuff goes against Carolina making the playoffs despite – the good things they did this year. Yeah, the only thing that, that concerned me was this was the year, I mean, you remember Scott Fitterer saying, like, okay, this is the year in the draft where we're going to go get the playmakers because the O-line is set. We feel really good about our defense. My concern was that the O-line did not perform the way we have seen them play last year, and it also rattled the coaching staff a little bit. I mean, James Campen calling a meeting about – you know, yeah. how they can't perform differently. Like, it wasn't just that we kept it vanilla and that wasn't good. It was like it, it felt like there was a legitimate – Concern, so you hope that that's not a variable, especially when you have a rookie quarterback in place. But the Ryder Cup is headed to Rome, and so is one local golfer. I share that story next. And the Braves already locked in the series, a win against the Dodgers, but could they sweep the best from the West? That is just ahead. It was just last fall that we saw the prestigious President's Cup be awarded at Quail Hollow. The international competition is a biannual event that alternates years with the Ryder Cup that will be held later this month in Italy. I caught up with a local golfer who will make that trip overseas. I mean, it's awesome getting to play for your country with all your best friends. It doesn't get much better than that. Will Hartman is a junior at Charlotte Catholic, and he's headed to Rome as a member of the United States Junior Ryder Cup team. I've never been out of the country before, so that's another reason why it's going to be even more awesome. It's an elite group selected to the Ryder Cup team. At the junior level, it's six of the top girls and six of the top boys in the country. There is a points list that they use, which is kind of cumulative of everything. 
and the top two on that make it in. And then the highest U.S. finisher, I believe in the U.S. Junior, gets in, and then the top two finishers in the Junior PGA get in as well. So it's a small team, but it's pretty hard to make, yeah. Hartman makes the team as the captain's pick. He's played an incredible stretch of golf this year in which he finished tied for fifth at the 2023 Junior PGA Championship and tied for third at the United States Junior Amateur Championship. I know how hard it is to make it and to be able to get that pick is awesome. Yet it's not the golf courses that's the most challenging. It's the other courses Hartman's taking. So the hardest thing is making up schoolwork. And while Hartman may not be as well known at school as the guys on the gridiron, his classmates are starting to take notice of his talents with a nine iron. I think a little bit, part of it through social media and just part of it through friends spreading the word around. It's been pretty cool to have their support. And we certainly wish him well in Rome. The Junior Ryder Cup will take place from September 26th through the 28th. And the United States team is looking for its seventh straight victory over the Europeans. All right, meanwhile, Braves outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. made history this week, becoming the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit 30 home runs and steal 60 bases in a single season. And he accomplishes it in grand fashion. Acuna's 30th home run, a grand slam in the top of the second against the Dodgers. Acuna is just 25 years old. His 30-60 feet tops Barry Bonds, who hit 33 home runs and stole 52 bases back with the Pirates in 1990. And Acuna's team is the hottest team in baseball right now, and there is no denying that. Atlanta entered tonight against the Dodgers on a six-game winning streak. Looking for the sweep today in L.A. That's where we are now. Braves looking for the series sweep, although early on they could not figure out L.A.'s Bobby Miller. Starting in the second, the 24-year-old righty retired 16 consecutive Braves, ended up pitching seven innings. He struck out five of them. In the midst of that, the Dodgers broke a scoreless tie in the fifth. Miguel Rojas sending it off the wall in left center. James Altman coming from first. He's able to, he's able to score as the throw is way off. L.A. goes up 1-0, and they take a 2-0 lead after that inning. Back to Miller. He ended up giving up three hits and one run as well, and that was it. No shame in giving it up to Matt Olson. 44 homers on the season. He is now tied for the league lead. So Atlanta back in it, down 2-1. But they'd get no closer. Down 3-1 in the ninth with the tying run on second. Marcel Azuna strikes out to end the game. And the streak is snapped. Braves back at it tomorrow at home against St. Louis. All right, it was another dominant day in Formula One for Red Bull and Max Verstappen. He makes history in Monza today. That is just ahead. Formula One in Monza today for the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen has won the last nine races on the circuit, and today he notched his 10th straight win, which sets a new all-time record for Formula One. Verstappen tied the record for consecutive wins last weekend at the Dutch Grand Prix, which was set by Sebastian Vettel 10 years ago. No driver has been more dominant in F1 this season than Verstappen. Today marks his 12th victory of the season. All right, but turning our attention back to NASCAR now, the Cup Series playoffs officially underway in Darlington tonight. Yeah, Charlotte's own William Byron has dominated the series with a season-best five wins, but some of the drivers starting to make some noise, too. Carla Gephardt talked to them all ahead of tonight's race. The time has come where the points reset. There are just 10 races left before the NASCAR Cup Series crowns another champion. 16 drivers vying for points, for wins, 
and to make it to the final round. And that includes six past champions that have done it before, and they know just how hard it will be to do again. Yeah, it's hard to explain. It's so, so difficult. I mean, I think, I feel like every year it gets harder. You know, I think talking this year with the next-gen car and everybody having a year of experience with it, the field is just so tight. You know, there's just no room for mistakes. For one past champion, it's not about the chase, but rather the finish, as Kevin Harvick enters his final NASCAR postseason of his career. The number four team won in 2014 with much of the same team that's still in place right now, and it's their goal to finish strong. You know, I think as, as we go into the last 10 weeks, it's um, there's a lot of good racetracks for us, and, and we want to win, and, you know, we want to put ourselves in position to, to, to win a race before before the end of the year. And, um, you know, that's but that's always the goal, right? For one future Hall of Famer, it's about cementing his name on the list of champions. Denny Hamlin enters with 50 career wins under his belt, but never the title. He's finished in the top three in championship standings five different times. It's always my year until it's not. Uh, and usually uh, it's my year all the way through the playoffs until the last race of the season. So it's not, um, the end result hasn't been perfect for sure, but you know, I've put myself in position to make the final four a bunch. And you know, I feel like the difference in this year is that our cars are faster. For Hamlin's driver at 2311, it's about a first time feeling. Bubba Wallace is in the postseason for the first time in his career. It's special to be here, you know, to keep your name in the hat. Um, just keep being talked about, you know, having a shot at, at winning the championship is, uh, is really cool. The stage is set, the lights are on, and the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs are here. As we head off into the playoffs and know what's, uh, what's ahead of us and what, what we're up against, it's going to take the same level of, of commitment and, and uh, success to, to keep moving on. All righty. Talk more about tonight's race at Darlington. Ross Chastain in the playoff field. He had a good start tonight. Top five finish. And he joined our own Gabe McDonald right after the race ended. Don't have a Ross Chastain in the top five finish today. You know, you had a pretty rough start, but you guys were able to battle back. Just take me through, you know, what your team was able to do and how you were able to battle back and finish in the top five tonight. A heck of a battle. Uh, we needed a thousand miles to get all the way to the lead, but um, yeah, just uh, not 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 fast. I mean, I, all weekend I haven't felt like our balance was was super far off, um, but it just didn't translate to speed. So um, I'll take that for sure and um, and ride home happy. And what is it about this track? I mean, we obviously remember the spring race and I had some trouble there at the end. What is it about this track that just makes it so tricky? And a lot of guys we enjoy coming here as well. Yeah, I, I think that we can all drive down here and, and be home tonight back in our own beds is nice. And then just the history, this was the 74th running of, of this, this, you know, these races. And um, it's just always put on a good show, I think. You watch the old races, they raced around the bottom. And as we all got faster over the, the decades, um, and they swapped the grandstands and all that side to side, it's, it's absolutely incredible to um, for me just to get to be here. I'd be here as a fan. I'd be right up there in turn one. Um, <laughs> Probably with a little bit bigger headache in the morning if I was just a fan, but um, it's it's a, it was a heck of a fight tonight for us. And the, the lights going out in the middle of the race kind of reminded me of the, the Super Bowl back about 10 or so years ago. Just What are you telling yourself right there? Because it seemed like you know there was just a lot of decision-making. Obviously, you guys ended up finishing, but obviously not what you guys expected at all. Yeah, I noticed it. I didn't know... I don't. I didn't think the lights ever came on on the infield, shining out, and and as the sun went down, and then I pulled my like a dark tear off off my visor. 
I noticed like, okay, it's time for it to like brighten up here. And I, I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm losing it. And then about 20 laps before they threw the caution, I was like, the lights aren't on down here. Clearly something's wrong, but um, it was the same for everybody. So uh, I'm glad they got it back on. Uh, it's a it's an old racetrack. Probably some old wiring in this old girl, and uh, they got her they got her tuned up and power back on. Heading to Kansas next week. What's the mindset heading to that one after uh, getting the playoff opener here? You know, we we definitely want more speed. We'll we'll go to work this week and and just try to try to put together you know faster race car for Kansas, but um, but not losing sight of the fight that we had and and going a lap down early in the playoff opener is not how you draw draw it up on the on the whiteboard, but. Um, testament to this team that uh, anything's possible. Ross Chastain, the top five finish today at Darlington. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah. All right, it is time for Quick Six. Hunter Bailey from the Charlotte Observer is back with us, so let's put two minutes on the clock. And Hunter, you are our guest, so we will start with you. Grade Biff Pogey after game number one with Charlotte. I'm going to go B plus. You saw the defense. That was the focal point. You saw some struggles with the offense, especially in the passing game. I think there's a little bit of work to be done there, especially going to Maryland this Saturday. So I got to go with B plus. Good start for the 49ers. Yeah, definitely good to get a win at home in front of a very, very excited crowd. All right, Mike, what is the score of the Panthers Falcon game next Sunday? I'll go 20 to 10 Carolina. Okay. All right, we'll go with that one. All right, Hunter, are there any cuts the Panthers made this past week that you aren't a fan of? Definitely. It's the 6'6 guard. It's, I mean, it's Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the North Carolina. you got to keep them around, at least for the jokes, right? Come on. I mean, just the name in Charlotte, right? All right, Mike, what is a realistic record prediction for the Hornets this season? I think they'll be in contention for the playing game. I think uh, 43 wins, I think, puts them in that mark. So we'll go with that, slightly above 500. All right, Hunter, what sport is the hardest to referee? After watching UFC in Charlotte a couple months ago, I got to go with UFC. At any point, you can get clocked. At any point, the fight can end. You have to be on your toes. And then everyone's going to be mad at you either way. If you stop the fight too early, if someone gets hurt, I got to go with UFC. Yeah, that was my first UFC experience, and I wasn't quite sure like what was going on. It was like all this buildup for it to be like so short. But OK, Mike, what's your biggest sports you know, this is the one that's like at the top of my mind recently. It's you're watching a basketball game and started in the NBA, college, and now high school. Is Whenever a call is made, it's one thing to be upset with the call, but now players are laughing at the official as if this call is so ridiculous. It's funny. I just think that's so disrespectful. I, I don't like it. It really is just like accept the call and move on. You don't need to laugh at it and make the official look stupid. So like the bat flip in baseball? I think he's been watching. Me. That's part of the show. He's I'll been watching it. some Luka Doncic lately. Yeah. It happens all over the place. All right. Up next, we're handing out QC crowns. Team USA not getting one tonight. Despite being a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, the Americans lost to Lithuania 110-104. to Fortunately for the U.S., they're moving on in the FIBA World Cup as they finish second in their group. On top of that, they also did qualify for the 2024 Olympic Games. We'll be right back. Hey, don't forget Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast, including all of our Panthers content that you can't get anywhere else. It can be found wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We even made it easy for you. All you have to do is just yeah. scan that QR code right there. And for those listening, no, you know, no, no, the new no, thing. let them let them imagine. Just, just, well, you got to give them that. I know, I know. We're wearing a suit and she's wearing a shirt and pants. You just have to <laughs> imagine the greatest colors and combinations that you can think of. It's 
it's this is like I tell my daughter with a with a coloring book. You just you just do what you want to do. So, okay. Yeah, new thing tonight. All right. Well, this is not a new thing tonight, but we're <laughs> going to hand out some QC crowns. Our nightly MVP, Mike. You're going first. Who you got? Hey, doing a little history lesson. You'll like this one uh, tonight. The 10 year anniversary of the last game ever played at Knights Stadium. Charlotte won that game, beating Gwinnett four nothing. The Knights Stadium was Charlotte's home for 24 years before they moved to Truist Field at the start of the 2014 season. What you got? That's a good one. Yeah. I'm going baseball too. Yankees rookie Jason Dominguez. He gets called up for the Astros series and took Justin Verlander deep in his first at bat in the bigs and then he hit another one tonight. The Yankees sweep the Astros first time since 2013. Gotta love that. For Grace, I'm Mike. Good night. <laughs>